I'm Katie J. And I'm Katie H. Welcome to the Katie's. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Katie's podcast. Hello. Um, It truly never gets old. And you guys are the best people to talk to. Um, We've already gotten feedback from people like we know and love. And this is just a this is a really cool experience. It has been so fun, truly, to hear from you guys. And we we get DMs every week yeah. from people that are sharing with us the things that stood out to them or we've even had some of you share with us things that the Lord has done through this which already exceeds our wildest yeah. expectations of the things that we have to say being something that the Lord can use and yeah. uh, deliver to you guys to be applied to your lives it's just the craziest thing ever so we are thankful for you yes absolutely we always want to hear if something is producing fruit in your life we want to hear about it because that is absolutely the lord and we think that that is really really cool this week we have a very exciting guest on it's not just katie and i this guy is our (laughs) our strongest common thread (laughs) and uh one of our most favorite people this is our pastor and boss david matrenga Good to be with you. Thanks we for having We are so happy me. to have you here. Yes, oh thanks my gosh. for coming. Yes, really. I mean, I guess the common thread, like we wouldn't <laughs> yeah. be doing this if it wasn't for yeah. the ministry that we've entered into with you. So yeah, we had so barista studying before him. We but did, but I don't know that would have brought this to that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yes, but we wanted to have him on because truly he is a respectable man. We really, really appreciate him in our lives and everything he's done for the ministry we're a part of and how the Lord is using him. But specifically today, we we want to bend things a little bit towards authority because he is an authority in our life, but he is also submitted well to the authority in his life. Yeah. And, you know, not to embarrass you talking about you as if you're not in the room, but David is really somebody that Katie and I look at and we see the fruit in his life of the way that he is submitted to authority. He wouldn't say this because he's so humble, but he's a truly humble mm-hmm. man. And we've seen in our like workings with him in ministry, the way that he defers to authority, that he's always asking questions, surrounding himself with counselors. And so it's something that we've learned from. It's not our natural disposition to be that way. And so we've <laughs> no. learned a lot from him and we would love to hear more from him. So thank you guys. Yeah, we mean it. We're, we're not just puffing you up right now. No. <laughs> I did want to share one thing before we jump in. David was like the very first person we told about this podcast. Yeah. One of the only Um, people we told before we did it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so it's been cool to share this experience with him since the beginning. And now to have him on. It's very cool. You guys told me about this. And it was just, I've been privy to some of these conversations behind the scenes. And it was an easy, like, yes, people need to hear this. So I'm excited. Thank you so much. It's great to have you. So David... We would love to just, if our listeners don't know you, we assume a lot of them probably do, but if they don't, uh, we would love to hear just a little bit about your story, how you came to the Lord, a little bit of your testimony. Yeah. So I grew up here in San Diego, um, El Cajon and Santee, and now I live in Lakeside, so East County on Lock. (laughs) But um, didn't really know the Lord growing up. My family were Sicilian, so we're culturally Catholic, just kind (laughs) of what you do. So I went through catechism and stuff like that. But again, didn't really know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And then we moved to Santee and my neighbors were going to Foothills. And my older brother started hanging out with one of the boys in that family. And on Friday nights, we have our middle school ministry. So my older brother started going surfing and I did what every younger brother does. I tagged along (laughs) or I wanted to, I fought for it. Right. (laughs) And um, so just Got plugged in really to Foothills through 
the junior high ministry and through surfing and going to the beach and gave my life to the Lord there. And I've been at Foothills ever since. Mm. So, yeah, amazing. Yeah. So what was the point where you felt the Lord call you into ministry? How did that happen? Because, you know, going from a kid tagging along with his brother to a middle school yeah. ministry to being a pastor at that church seems crazy. I, it is crazy. Uh, I the, the time that stood out was my senior year. So I had been a Christian for six, seven years at that point. And it's interesting because I wanted to be a teacher at one point. I wanted to be a politician at one point. Thank you, Lord. And uh, then I took a bunch of guys up to this mountain. We climbed Cal's Mountain here. And uh, at the top, the Lord really, in a time of prayer, I spent with these guys, spoke to me and just said, hey, I want you to invest in this, in ministry. Mm -hmm. And it really spoke to all the things I wanted to do as a teacher or as a politician or yeah. anything else. I wanted to make a change, but I, Lord spoke to me that this was how you change those things. Mm -hmm. And um, wow, that's it was cool. just a call I, I couldn't deny. And I, I went, got some counsel and uh, tested it. And I can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah. I love that God didn't throw away your old dreams or like the things that you thought you might do, but incorporated like the best parts of both and then brought you into ministry. I think that's really cool. So cool. And I also love that you had friends that that's what you guys were doing. Yeah. You were <laughs> hiking and seeking that's the really Lord great. and yeah. pretty incredible. And already in what you've said, there's a through line of you went to counselors in your life. You yeah. tested this word from the Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, that just goes to show that from the beginning of this for you, that that was something that you prioritized. And I, you know, not giving you all the credit. I know that there's people that <laughs> probably taught you that and spoke that into mm -hmm. your life, but that's why we think you have a leg to stand on in this conversation. Yeah, for sure. So authority doesn't come naturally. I would love to say in anybody's life, maybe to just make myself feel better, uh, but it certainly doesn't. <laughs> Katie and myself. <laughs> yes. uh, authority like does not come naturally to me. At least I'll speak for myself. Um, it's been a really difficult lesson to learn. And some might say like, what's, what's the point in mm -hmm. authority? Is it biblical? Do I even have to follow it? What, what's the deal? What's the biblical foundation? It's interesting you say that and knowing both of you, both of you like to do your own thing. Yeah. In many ways. <laughs> but this is an really, evaluation of yeah, our, here we go. from our workplace. Um, especially you, Katie Jones, I do think there's part of you that doesn't want to go out on your own. And that's, yeah. it's so weird, this topic of authority, how we push against it all the time. Yeah. And yet part of us, and I, I think this speaks to most everyone, really longs for it as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we have this love-hate relationship. And mm -hmm. uh, we were talking earlier I think part of our rejection of authority is just kind of built into our culture and yeah. even our American identity. Yeah, mm -hmm. very individualistic. Yeah, yeah. rugged, out, you know, mm -hmm. I'm yeah. going to do it on my own. <laughs> yeah, prove myself. Mm -hmm. Yes. And yet we like to be under someone, mm -hmm. partially yeah. to blame people if there's something <laughs> wrong. But That's true. I mean, yeah. really. But also we like going to someone else and being affirmed or yeah. to confirm what we're doing or all of those things as well. So this is a difficult topic because we make a mess of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I would totally agree with that. And I do agree about your assessment of me. <laughs> I don't particularly 
enjoy submitting to authority when it's somebody I don't naturally click with or, <laughs> or respect or respect yeah. exactly um but I absolutely long to find an authority to speak into my life and I think that that um absolutely proves well point. and just you know to puff you up a little bit as much <laughs> as you naturally say you don't enjoy it and it doesn't come naturally to you it is something that I see you practice mm -hmm. on a regular basis and I see you uh I mean, I guess that would just probably be the work of the spirit in your life, bringing that <laughs> out of you. Yeah. But you're not doing as as bad as you think in that. And that's that good. <laughs> I, I agree with that. <laughs> that's good to hear. So, David, what would you say? Is there, you know, people might be listening to this and thinking, um, yeah, that's nice. Like that works for you. You have a great community, whatever. It seems like that's a great thing for you. But is there like a biblical reason mm -hmm. that I should be under authority? Is there something that God says, you know, this is required of me or what mm -hmm. does that look like? Yeah, and I think some of that pushback is when the church talks about authority, people can feel like, oh, you're trying to... Control me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're you're saying this because you want me to submit to you yeah. and everything you say. Of course, this is what and you blindly want. follow. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, it goes way beyond that. Way, yeah. Before the church, there was authority. So God has complete, total authority. Mm -hmm. uh, we believe he's sovereign. And so nothing occurs nothing happens outside of him allowing it mm -hmm. now, he doesn't want everything to happen that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> but he has complete authority yeah. and we look in the old testament and before there were any institutions before there was synagogues or even the law abraham looked to god as mm -hmm. an authority and did what god said even if it was really really difficult mm -hmm. And then and we, so we see that pattern throughout the Old Testament into the New Testament. The disciples look to Jesus as their rabbi, as their authority. Mm -hmm. But the greatest example of this is Jesus. Right. Yeah. And so I, I found this one verse, John 8, 28. Jesus is talking about the Father. And he said, um, Jesus said, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and I do nothing on my own initiative but I speak these things as the father taught me. Mm. He's saying, I don't do anything just on my own. Mm. Just, and this is Jesus. Yeah, seems crazy. Yeah. Jesus yeah. is God. Yeah. yeah, the man who can do it all on his own. <laughs> but even within the Trinity, we see that he looks to the father yeah. right. at, as an authority. And that's incredible. Mind-blowing. Yeah, absolutely. When we were talking about doing this episode, I was trying to think of just good examples from the Bible of people submitting to authority or authority figures. And I immediately thought of like Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane right yeah. before he dies. And he says, not my will, but yours be done in his prayer to God. And it shows this, he's submitting his will to his fathers, even at the point of, you know, if there's any way to let this cup pass from me, let it pass from mm -hmm. me. Yeah. And he is, laying down his will because he recognizes the authority of God and the authority of his father. So I think it's so cool that here is our savior and yeah. he's modeling this for us. It should shed a light on the, the great importance. <laughs> it's cool because sometimes we think, oh man, you have to submit to authority and you have to enjoy every part of it. Yeah. <laughs> it says he went to the cross for the joy set before him. So yeah. to a degree he, he wanted to be there because he knew that he was making a way for us to be in relationship with the father and to know him. Right. But also there's a lot of just aspects of the cross that he did not want to 
endure right. and understandably. But so it's just a beautiful picture there. We can submit to authority and it really shows how much we honor and respect authority when we do it, even though it's not necessarily something we want to do, but we know yeah. we, it's good and we need to do it because it mm -hmm. honors the Lord. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I think there would be very few people, very few Christians that would argue with the authority of God in the life of believers. Yeah. I think some pushback might be against the role of authority within the church, yeah. <laughs> within the structure yeah. <laughs> um, of the church. Mm -hmm. And so how would you respond to that, David? What would you say is the role of authority within the church? And is there a foundation for it or did we just make it up to have yeah. power or control? <laughs> I think, again, we want to always go back to scripture. Right. And so we see that God delegated authority throughout scripture. In the Old Testament, it looked a little bit different. You know, mm -hmm. they had, in, in the Old Testament, God moved through Israel, the nation. And so he spoke through the king and the prophets, and they were national figures. Yeah. And then when Jesus came into the world, he's like, all right, we're not going to focus on a nation. Right. We're going to send you out and Christians go out. But there's still delegated authority. And we, we see that partially in the government. And mm -hmm. so we, we know the government has the power of the sword is how yeah. it's described in Peter. Yeah. And so th the goal of the government is to reward and protect the righteous and punish the evildoer. Mm. But then the church has been given authority. Uh, it's described as the keys, the keys to the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And then they're given an authority within, we see Acts 2 really highlights this best, yeah. Yeah. where they're called to preach the truth, mm -hmm to gather the assembly, to um, serve the sacraments, you know, whether it's baptism or communion, but that God wants to use the church as his administration to spread his truth and to establish his people. You know, and for the record, other forms of delegated authority, we have the individual, the family, then mm -hmm. the church and the government. Those are the, the main four. And so I, I think biblically, we look to the example we see, and then we see in the epistles, how Paul and the other writers of the epistles, they back this up. They say, hey, mm -hmm. go to your spiritual authority. Mm -hmm. And they establish what that spiritual authority looks like. So we see throughout scripture that God really wants and has called the church to be a, a place of authority. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, there are very like specific scriptures that talk about um, how we're submit, supposed to submit to our authorities and to just respect the place that God has put them in our lives. It's modeled in the Bible through, again, more stories. I think of the story of Eli and Samuel. Eli was mm -hmm. not submitted to mm -hmm. God's authority. Um, he was giving like the choice meat to his sons and not in sacrifice. And yeah. the Lord started cutting lifespans of Eli's Eli's family. And then also his sons, Hophni and Phineas, then couldn't inherit the high priest title yeah. um, and then Samuel enters the scene to take that position and he has to submit to Eli's authority as his teacher and his mentor mm -hmm. and Eli we see him again submitting to God's authority in the end when Samuel comes to him and is like hey uh, <laughs> God told me that like no sacrifice is gonna atone for what you've done and he said mm -hmm. well, you know if God knows best you know and what's crazy about that story is Samuel receives that word when he's really young. Yeah. Like the, he doesn't know, he doesn't recognize the voice of God yet. Yeah. Eli has to tell him what to listen for <laughs> so that God could give Samuel the word yeah. to call out Eli. Yeah. But then we know that Eli doesn't die 
until years later. Yeah. So almost all of Samuel's childhood serving in the temple under mm. this guy, knowing that he's doing things wrong. We're yeah. talking from three to five years old all the way up to 20-ish. Yeah. I don't, we don't know exactly. Yeah. Serving um, under a flawed authority. Yeah. yeah. And, and knowing that. Yeah. He yeah. was the, the guy who delivered. Yeah. And yet he, he did serve and he served well. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I thought that was a nice like full circle story of the imperfections that we can have in serving authority, but also like what that looks mm -hmm. like practically. I think yeah. that's a great example too of Samuel's ultimate authority was the Lord, right? Like there yeah. was a covering yeah. under Absolutely. him being obedient and faithful to the Lord uh, by being respectful yeah. and <laughs> submitted to the authority in his mm -hmm. life, even if it was flawed and God protected yeah. Samuel, you know, like it wasn't just like Samuel was then held right. accountable for the flaws of his superior, right? Like he was under the protection of the Lord. And I think that applies mm -hmm. to. Yeah, absolutely. It's one, one other thing. I didn't know you were going to bring up that passage. Yeah. But it's cool to know that as Samuel was trusting in God, mm -hmm. even though it meant submitting to an authority that he knew was flawed, the Lord knew. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the Lord was not turning a blind eye. The Lord right. was going to bring justice. Right. He was going to come through. And so often we think, oh man, look at this authority. Look how flawed they are. Right. I'm going to be God's hand. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm going to make sure yeah. that yeah. I push against this yep. because clearly God needs me to. Yep. Yes. I am the justice to <laughs> yeah, be I'm going to knock you down a few pegs. Yeah. And then, uh, I'm sure we'll get there. There's, there's room. <laughs> there's ways that we can yeah, challenge if, if authority is not doing what it should be. But uh, we're very quick to get there. Yeah. And uh, there is um, just a lot of blessing and favor when we trust the Lord, even if it puts us in an uncomfortable or even difficult position. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So just to provide some clarity, who is our actual authority realistically mm -hmm. in our lives, in the day to day, in the church, in our families? Who's our authority? And then what do we owe them? Yeah. Well, it's important individually. We know that we have to be responsible for our actions. Mm -hmm. yeah. So even if we, we can point to other people and sometimes authority can lead us astray, mm -hmm. but at the core, we need to know God's word. We need to take responsibility. We need to do what God has called us to do. Mm -hmm. But then beyond that, you know, we can have authority in parents mm -hmm. and even we're all adults, but there is there is something we can go to parents as as an authority. We can yeah, go to them sure. and hear their advice. And that's going to be slightly different with everyone. It'll be slightly different if your parents know the Lord or not. Right. But it's important that we we honor them. Yeah. God yeah. calls there's us no, to. There's no like timeline cut off of yeah. stopping honoring your parents <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden, right? It, it changes. Yeah. But it's still, they're your parents. And yeah. God has put them in your life and they play a big role. Yeah. Um, and so then beyond that, we have authority in the government mm -hmm. and Romans 13 talks about that we should submit to that authority. Right. And clearly I, I mentioned earlier the authority of the government again to reward and protect the righteous mm -hmm. and punish the evil doer. That's their core responsibility. And to that, we need to be really grateful right? because one, we want that we yeah. really, <laughs> we really do. Absolutely. Um, and we can't do that. That's mm -hmm. not the role of the individual. It's definitely not the role of the church. And yeah. that's another podcast too. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So then we get to the church and that's our spiritual authority. Yeah. 
And so I, I think every person should have a pastor that they have intentionally submitted to, mm-hmm. intentionally said, this is my pastor. I'm giving them authority to speak truth into my life, to call me out if I need correction, mm-hmm. to encourage me and, and call me out in a good way if there's yeah. things that, you know, I am doing well. But there's a, a spiritual authority that we look to as well. Mm, absolutely. These authorities don't get to just pop up and live however they want to and do whatever they want to. And I think you touched on that a little bit when talking about government, like there's a very specific job. They don't get Mm -hmm. to just go outside of those lines and we get to consider them an authority in all of those areas. And it's great. And we have to submit to every, every last thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what are like the standards that the Bible has for authority and what are the responsibilities that come with that? Yeah. The, um, the Bible goes to uh, great lengths to really lay this out. I mean, in First and Second Timothy, it lists out yeah. this long list yeah. of requirements. Yeah. And, and you find it in other places. All these epistles really affirm that stepping into spiritual authority is not something people should do lightly, easily, right. quickly. It's, yeah. it's a big, important role. And so, it, and then some of these requirements are, so you need to be a trustworthy man. There's the passage where it says you need to be put in that position by a group of other people. So right. at Foothills, I grew up there from junior high to high school. And then I started working there as an intern. Then I worked there as a, a youth venture director. And they didn't license me for seven, eight years of working mm-hmm. there, going to school, meeting under the pastor. And then at Foothills, the way we do it is licensing is a little bit of a, a government form, but ordination, when they really say, we're going to ordain you as a pastor, that is a, at, at Foothills, the way we do it, that's a whole nother step. Mm-hmm. And that took another three years. So I was, I'm pretty sure working there 10 years, the whole time working towards being a pastor, yeah. they know that, I know that to work through, to get to that place where I can say my church recognizes me as a pastor. Yeah. And it's important for something like that, that timeline to take place. In that time, what did that, you know, relationship with authority look like for you? Was it regular meeting? Like what was the involvement in your life? Mm-hmm. So there, there were different levels. Now I'm really, really grateful. Our senior, one of our senior pastors, we have two. And so um, Mark Hoffman, met with me from the time I was 18, basically weekly, if not two times a week mm-hmm. for all of those 10 years yeah. and beyond mm-hmm. that, really. I, I think it, it's it been just the last couple years where those meetings haven't been weekly. Mm-hmm. So sitting under his authority, learning from him, he, he would bring lessons. He would ask me how ministry is going, check in on me, check in on my family, mm-hmm. all, everything. Yeah, that's huge. And yeah. so that was really, really significant and important in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that speaks to what a good authority figure looks like being so devoted to somebody's life that they are as invested as Mark was in your life, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but then also speaks to the importance of allowing somebody to be that involved. Mm -hmm. That can get uncomfortable, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And, uh, And being honest with an authority figure and especially when I can't imagine I can imagine that there were times where you probably didn't want to be fully honest if you are 
working towards being a pastor, if mm -hmm. you are trying to mm -hmm. win their approval to an extent, you probably don't want to bear everything mm -hmm. <laughs> to them. So I think it speaks to good authority, but also good submission to authority. It, it was absolutely something that required me under, understanding the role that I wanted to get to and the role that God had called Mark to play in my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so there were times, I can give you one example. We um, put an offering on a home right, it was actually right before I got married. And the plan was if everything went through, I would move in. And then yeah. after we get married, Courtney would, my wife. And uh, Mark challenged me. He's like, hey, I think you need to slow down on doing all this. Mm -hmm. And so we had already put the offer in. And it was one of those things where I, I went to Courtney and she could back this up. And I just said, Hey, if this offer doesn't go through and to be honest, it, it was an insane miracle that it did go through. But I, I told her if this doesn't go through, then we're just going to wait. And mm -hmm. what that meant was probably finding a apartment, signing a lease, yeah. all of this stuff. When we were in a place, thankfully by the Lord's blessing to, to buy a home. But I was just, I want to trust my pastor in this. Yeah. And there are other times when Mark told me stuff and I wasn't as easy to, to submit or listen to. <laughs> yeah. It was difficult, but that's the nature of submitting under someone and letting the Lord use them to mold you and shape you. Yeah. I like what you said about him checking in, not just on you, but on your family and all these other like aspects of your life. And um, I think it's so important and I'm, you can speak to this more, but I think it's so important that the church as it's raising up and recognizing leaders that it is holding its leadership to this standard of, you know, having your home in order, right? Like mm -hmm. first and second Timothy talks a lot about that, about yeah. uh, the standards for leadership as far as like you are to be considered, you know, you're to hold yourself to a higher standard. We've talked about this before, yeah. <laughs> but mm -hmm. you're supposed to be an honorable person who is worthy of respect. And, you know, how can we see the evidence of that if it's not first in your home and in your family and in that yeah. first sphere of authority that you occupy? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, that's one of the, the pushback against the authority in the church is like, who are these people that are speaking into my life right? and to what standard and, and the hard part within the church, or at least within United States church, anyone could be a pastor mm -hmm. and anyone can post their sermons on yeah. YouTube <laughs> or on a podcast. Yeah. There is no standard. Yeah for these things. And then if they're really charismatic and there are a lot of really mm -hmm. charismatic, well-spoken yeah. people who can go to God's word and teach something that sounds really good. Yeah. All, all of this, it's just easy for us to look to someone who has pastor as a, a title in their name and trust them. And it just can get messy. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it is really, really important to have a, a standard that we go to and that's God's word. Yeah. And then we need to submit to that. That's the whole authority starts with God. Mm -hmm. it, it has to. So what would you say to people who I'm sure there's a subset of Christians who, you know, would say that they're not particularly invested in their local church, but you know, I, I follow this church and I, I watch this pastor mm -hmm. and you know, I'm watching sermons on YouTube all week. And what would you say to them? Well, I think one of the big definitions of a church is a place where we are submitted to spiritual discipline. Mm -hmm. And so if we are, if we cannot be called out for sin, 
by our pastor and they're likely not your pastor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a big deal. That's submitting to discipline, spiritual discipline is a difficult, hard thing to do. Mm -hmm. And, but it's necessary. We need to be refined. And and Hebrews, I believe it's Hebrews 12, talks just about the blessings of discipline. Mm -hmm. And so if you're, if you're not involved in a local church, um, who is your spiritual pastor and who is that person that can bring discipline into your life? And discipline isn't just, hey, don't do that, but hey, you need to not do that. And here are consequences if you continue to yeah. do that. Here's counseling to help you prevent to do that. Here's truth so that you can be built up and strengthened to walk in the way God's called you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, all, all of those things are necessary. Yeah. Hebrews 13, 17 says, obey your leaders and submit to them. Obey and submit, right? Mm-hmm. For they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning for that would be of no advantage to you. So there's an advantage to us of being disciplined, mm-hmm. of being willing to walk in obedience and submission to that discipline that the Lord has placed. It's easy. And and I do this. I listen to sermons online, but we have to guard ourselves against thinking that that's my pastor. And I want to guard myself that those people online are not speaking into my life to a a greater degree than my pastor at home. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, that goes back to being really intentional. Who are we submitting to? Who we, we need to really acknowledge that I'm submitting to this spiritual authority. Yeah. This is my pastor. Yeah. If there's no stakes, like there's no, yeah. you know, there's no real leadership there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think if you are somewhere, but you're investing in maybe a community where there is no, um, like you're saying, there's no stakes, there's no consequences mm-hmm. when you come out of line because you don't have a real authority that can only cause division. Like that can only cause strife wherever you are at, wherever you go to church, actually. Like that. <laughs> that's really difficult mm-hmm. because then, you become a, a member of the church who isn't at all submitted to any of the authorities that are naturally built into that system. And that, that gets hairy for sure. Yeah. I think where there's no willingness to ask questions or to seek counsel or to be disciplined, there's a big pride problem, right? Oh, yeah. Like there's, yeah. how are you ever going to be called on it if you're just right. gaining all this knowledge without any discipline or guidance or correction? Yeah. How are you going to grow? Yeah. Well, I don't know if you guys want to step in this too much, but <laughs> marriage is a good example yeah. mm-hmm. of where I you... would love to step in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, the the way I think God has set up his delegated spheres of authorities, you have the individual, the individuals make up two individuals, a man and a woman make up a marriage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they build up a family and then a church is a collection of families. Yeah. Right? But within marriage, if we're doing things the way God has called us to, my wife is submitted to my authority as the head of the household. And I need to understand that that's going to take a strong, a healthy level of submission to the Lord mm-hmm. if I'm going to lead her right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's not, we see that as one-sided all the time. Yeah. yeah. But it's a refining process throughout it all. And we have this term servant leadership and it's a little bit silly, 
because you can't lead unless you're willing to serve. Yeah. And, and that's what a husband is called to lead in a way. It, the Bible says Ephesians 5, you know, the husband is to lead like Jesus loved the church. Mm. He gave up his life for the church. Yeah. So I'm called to lead in such a way that I'm yeah. laying down in, in so many ways the things I want to do mm-hmm. to lift up my wife. Mm-hmm. And that makes her submission to me something that hopefully my prayer is, is something that not only she does, but she enjoys and yeah. um, wants to do. Mm-hmm. But all of these things working together, then we enter into the church where we have two individuals who have practiced submission in different ways. Mm-hmm. And we're walking into a place where we're also called to submit and then be used by God to help other people walk in ministry, know the truth. I mean, we, we all play a role in this. So it affects mm-hmm. every yeah. area of our lives. Yeah. I think when this idea rubs people wrong, the idea of submission and like headship or whatever you want to call it in the home, we're ignoring the fact that the the standard and the level of submission required for the husband to lead the home in that way mm-hmm. is an incredibly high standard yeah, to be absolutely. for your, for your example, to be loving and serving your wife as Jesus does the church. Like that's a deeply relational, humble experience. Like you're not, it's not power hungry. It's not this, yeah. you know, you listen to me at all costs, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's a relational give and take that is submitted to the Lord. Like mm-hmm. you're not just telling your wife what to do because you know, what's right. You're saying, okay. Like, just like Jesus went to the father, you're saying, okay, father, mm-hmm. yeah, show me, teach me. Yeah. To the point of my own discomfort, to the point of my own sacrifice. Mm-hmm. In our culture, unfortunately, we've had so many examples of people in authority not being submitted to authority and it going every which way. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and so the, the higher up, the more authority you have, the more important it is for you to understand that you need to be under God's authority. Yeah. And, and we've seen that in our church where Mark and Dave have sought out pastors to submit themselves to, to, to seek, you know, Charles Simpson's coming back to our church in October Mm -hmm. and the relationship that our pastors have with them is one that they sought out because they saw he's older, wiser, and, and someone that the Lord has used and he has walked in the Lord's ways and sought the Lord's will for so many years. So they have chosen, we want to submit to this authority. Yeah. That's, our pastors, that's our right. authority. And there's, you know, I'm sure you could speak to this better than we could, but it's evident that there's been fruit from that, from yeah. that decision and Absolutely. from that relationship. And uh, I would love to hear from you, David, what fruit have you seen in your life personally, but also in your ministry from being committed to this authority, being committed to this discipline, discipleship relationship? Mm-hmm. Man, uh, I'm so grateful for the different authorities that I've been able to submit to, you know, beginning in middle school and finding mentors who spoke into my life, you know, and so I, I mentored with a man named Russ Park for a year and he really helped. That, that was just the first time I had someone who said, I want to invest in your spiritual walk. And then James DiMatteo spent six years and during that time, Man, I'm this middle schooler, high schooler. I'm headstrong. <laughs> I think I know everything. <laughs> and submitting to his authority and really, um, I I have no clue where I would be. Yeah. I, I mean, just there's so many different mistakes 
I easily could have made. And then, of, of course, with Mark Hoffman from there, I think we live in a culture where part of us definitely wants to achieve some certain status or level of success quickly. And we want to get there in a way that puffs us up. And we can just in so many different ways be too aggressive, too headstrong, too prideful, you name it. Or we could be too woe is me, Mm -hmm. which is just the other side of the same coin. Mm -hmm. And so I, I have been so incredibly blessed to have mentors in my life who have been able to say, hey, stop stop whining and complaining because you really, it's not that bad or slow down. This isn't about you. It's about something bigger than you. And on all of those ways, uh, I've been tremendously blessed. Yeah. Yeah. So the the fruit of it is everything in my Mm -hmm. life. You you look to my life Mm -hmm. and it is uh, James, I believe 117 says, every good gift is from the Lord above, Mm -hmm. father above. And uh, I 100% agree with that. And the way the Lord has brought those gifts into my life is almost always through the hands of delegated authority that I've thankfully been willing to mostly submit to. <laughs> <laughs> That's <Yeah>. honest. <laughs> Absolutely. Before we move on to the next part, I, I want to ask you, Katie, what's some fruit you've seen in your life from being committed to authority? Yeah. I My earliest example is I have amazing parents mm-hmm. who are strong authorities in my life. And, you know, we heard this a little bit in the mom's episode, but I was born thinking <laughs> that I knew best <laughs> and it became evident at a young age. And my parents in their submission to the Lord, in their prayer lives and in their relationship with each other, they really purposed to to raise me in a way that taught me respect, that taught me, mm-hmm. taught me submission, uh, that taught me to use my brain and my independence yeah, and all those absolutely. things for the Lord and under the guidance of the Lord. And there were, there were always consequences when I <laughs> acted out on my own and did the things that I wanted to do in rebellion. But yeah. also when they saw those characteristics and personality traits being used for the Lord and in submission to the mm-hmm. Lord, they encouraged them. They yeah, weren't trying to absolutely. you know squash me. And I've seen in just countless leaders in my life, I've been involved in small groups and youth ministry from the beginning. In those ways, I've been corrected many times (laughs) and I've been taught principles over time that I was, you know, able to look back on or the Lord brought to mind that spared me, (laughs) protected me from so many things. And even in, in my marriage, there's so many ways that will is a refining edge to me and Mm -hmm. I am to him as well, but that he is to me where he is able to, in the gentlest way, if you know, Will, he is able to (laughs) knock me down so many pegs without, without any disrespect, without shaming me, but just because he knows me. Right. And he's able to look at me and call those things out in a very loving way. And he's one of the, one of the people that I can receive that from quickly and easily because I know how much he loves me. And Truly, our marriage has changed me and grown me up in so many ways. And I, I'm i so thankful. I'm so thankful for his his authority in our home because he is truly worthy of respect and honor. And it's easy to follow him. Yeah. And he listens so to me. You know, like yeah. he's, not, he's not just like beating me over the head with mm-hmm. his his plan. Is he, 
I'm able to respect him because he respects me. He gives that to me so freely. And so I'm able to trust his leadership. Yeah. No, I think that's so great. Um, we wanted to close out today's episode the same way we closed out the Meet the Katie's episode because, um, David's really fun. <laughs> we have a lot of fun with him. We do. And, um, we wanted a good way of kind of looping you in on that. So we're going to ask him a couple questions. Yeah. I'd love buddy. to, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to ask you the same question that I asked Katie J in that Meet the Katie's episode is if you had to describe yourself on a coffee order right not just what you like because we know you're you know not particular you like your black coffee whatever (laughs) but how would you describe yourself oh i don't this is a really good question for my wife Um, (laughs) (laughs) i'd love to hear what she would say oh man i'm not sure i do Uh, (laughs) uh, i'd probably want to be like an americano Uh or maybe even a cappuccino just something strong Uh to the point but I probably would have some sort of frou-frou Vanilla. It. It's just something added a little bit. So um pumpkin cream cold brew, maybe. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh man. I that might fit really well. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel about that. But, yeah. Yeah. It's delicious. So. No shame. No, that <laughs> is great. Um, my question, I feel like I I can't set the scene again like I did in the first episode, but um I think you could try. <laughs> should I say it the exact same? You're on death row. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but uh, you've done something really bad. And now, you know, it's the electric oh. chair for you. So um, <laughs> final meal, same chef walked up in the back. <laughs> what are you? This poor guy or gal, no. like we said yes. before. Yeah. <laughs> poor guy or gal. Um, <laughs> what are they making for you, David? It has to be seafood. Really? Yeah. That surprises me. That kind of came out of left field. I, yeah. I, I love shrimp. And so it's probably so going to be shrimp. I would no. in For a real? million years never have guessed that you were going to say that right now. <laughs> you no. guys are like, skip the episode. Yeah, cut, yeah we're going to cut yeah. out this whole uh, portion of yeah, this. I don't, I don't know. Probably. All right. If I could get my grandma back there and mm-hmm. she can make shrimp scampi. Oh, man. That's with. She's like making know. the pasta. She's yeah. Doing all, yeah. All of that. I'm with that. It's that the leftover pasta. I'm from when Katie was put yeah, on death. There we go. I also want a fresh yeah. pasta, but I am also Sicilian. So. Yeah. So probably go with that. That's yeah. so gross. I'm really disappointed. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh. Brutal game. Oh. I just, I mean, shrimp is like eating rubber bands. That's all I have to say. I just the feel most like. delicious rubber bands? No. <laughs> have you eaten delicious rubber bands? Is that You've something had you some, spent some time weird in the youth ministry a long time. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I won't even ask any more questions. Yeah. I get David it. has eaten more camp food than any person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're we talking about this the other day. Oh, recommend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Camp food David has eaten. Cat food, the unhappy meal, oh, yeah. all of it. He's been, uh, <laughs> he's oh, been man. put yeah. through the ringer. Uh, shrimp flavored rubber bands, I guess. Mm. Whatever. Um, but we <laughs> we are so thankful for you coming and joining us today. It's really been um, it's really been a blessing. Thank you so much for inviting me, and I really am so excited to see what the Lord does through this. The people He reaches, I have been blessed by you guys coming in and having some of these conversations and asking me what I think and hearing your perspectives and how you don't come to any topic with hey the church is wrong or this is wrong mm. and we're going to do it a, a whole new way. But if there's something you don't agree with or you don't understand, I love how you come and bring in a new perspective and usually something that is such a blessing to be added to everything. And then mm-hmm. we, we come together and seek the Lord. And so 
I'm excited for this podcast. I'm honored to be part of it. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll definitely have to have you back sometime soon. But yeah, absolutely. We want to close out right now, but we can't close out without saying that we started up our Patreon and we have our very first book club coming up this Friday. We're so excited. Yeah. And just a reminder, the book we are going to be starting with is Mere Christianity. So you have a couple days to get your copy and we're going to be posting up on that Friday a study guide for you guys. We're going to be leading a discussion and we're just going to go chapter by chapter. This is a good meaty yeah. book for us to think through and reason through and lewis has so much to offer us uh straight from the word of god that we yeah. could not be more excited to discuss so Absolutely. if you want to the base level membership is the one that gets you access to that book club or you can go find us on patreon and see those other options that we have yes. for you there might be some bonus content on those upper yes, tiers so very exciting uh yeah no this is a great book one of the the best books i have read in my christian walk um and it's a great one to listen to on audiobook. Yeah, it is. <laughs> if it's you true. don't have the time to read it in the paper format, it's an excellent one to read. Absolutely. So we're going to have the link to our Patreon in the show notes if you haven't gotten a chance to subscribe yet. But also, as always, you can find us on the Instagram at the Katie's Podcast. And you can email us at our email with any questions or concerns or, mm-hmm. you know comments or frustrations or (laughs) praise would take that too yeah or like we were saying before if you have stories if you have things that this has made you think about that this has the lord has used to challenge you or to bring about something in your life we want to hear it we would even love to share it if you want us to uh just to encourage other other listeners and so email us at the katie's podcast at gmail.com and we look forward to hearing from you yes it's been so great talking to you and We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, talk to you soon. Bye.